Hey everybody, welcome back to the Pardon Will Podcast. I'm your host, David Lilly, and uh, this is episode 52. Um, before we get started with my guest, I want to tell you, actually, this episode is sponsored by uh, this guy looking at you. Um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what I got going on uh, recently, which I don't really bring up on the podcast that often. Um, if you love this podcast, you're like, this this guy's awesome. I bet if you slapped his face on a t-shirt, I would absolutely wear it. I've got something special for you. So you can go to pardonwillmerch.com and uh, you can buy a t-shirt with my face on it. It says Pardon Will Podcast, Art Culture Life. And you can buy you can buy your kid a baby onesie. You can get a hoodie, tank tops. I've got um, bottles, like uh, water bottles and stuff. You can support the podcast without actually just giving me free money, like a subscription or a Patreon, which I'll probably have that coming too. But you can actually buy a coffee mug. Go to work with a coffee mug with my face on it. And people are like, what is that? And like, it's, it's this podcast I listen to. It's amazing. It's the best podcast ever. Anyway, if you want to support this podcast, go to pardonwillmerch.com support the podcast support me plus it's my face so everybody loves my face anyway that was my quick little um ad for the episode this week actually i have a great guest on um somebody is, comes from uh the left the democratic side um i don't actually have a lot of democrats i talk to and people that come from that area so um it is actually going to be a really cool uh episode he he actually has a podcast where he talks to uh, multiple individuals that are on the political spectrum, trying to figure out where people come from on that political uh, concept of being like where, where they find themselves and and why they believe what they believe as far as politics go. Um, his podcast is called Searching for Politi Political Identity, and you can find it on all platforms, Apple, Spotify, stuff like that. Um, his name is Brian Escow. Uh, and without further ado, here's Brian. Brian, what's up, man? Hey, not too much. How are you? good dude good good um i so so tell me a little bit about yourself because i know a little bit from watching you on twitter i've heard some of your podcast episodes but i know you you studied law and uh and you have this podcast where you interview a ton of people that i actually recognize and know and uh it's great to kind of see that spectrum but but tell me a little bit more about yourself and where you found yourself here yeah first of all thank you so much for the invite it's a pleasure to be here yeah. um Yes, I am 33 years old from New Jersey. I've been living in San Diego for the last decade with uh, working my construction management job that I had throughout high school and college, okay. um, actually working for family. So um, I just kept that job and moved out to San Diego and have been doing that ever since I was 23. Nice. And a couple of years ago, I got a little restless, a little unfulfilled, a little bored and uh, decided to go to law school. It, had, it was something that was on my mind when I graduated from Rutgers with a history and political science degree in 2013, but I um, wasn't ready by any, in any way, shape, or form to go to law school. And I didn't ultimately want to, I guess, at the time, so I didn't. But got myself into University of San Diego, which was an amazing experience. Beautiful campus. Uh, sure. Good-looking people. Um, Yourself included. And, you yeah, yeah. And um, there's just something about learning law on a beautiful campus that was powerful. And so I really enjoyed that experience, and I could tell you a lot about that. But basically, my deal is that I've always liked politics, grew up in a li very liberal household. Uh, my dad's a very passionate, independent-minded guy, but a progressive. And basically, the deal is my dad and his two brothers 
one of whom is named uh, Richard R.J. Esgow. He has a podcast as well called The Zero Hour. I don't know if you happen to have heard of it, but actually some people in pli- yeah. yeah, some people in political circles definitely know him. He, he, he just interviewed the former PM of Pakistan, Imran Khan. Oh, nice. I mean, wow. it's insane. So he's doing really great. Yeah, he, he's yeah, killing yeah. it. He's, and so he was Bernie Sanders' third hire in 2016 for his presidential okay. campaign. Uh, he hired my uncle as a speechwriter. And so my point is, I come from a very passionate family of lefties. And yeah. I was raised, you know, soup kitchens and I'm, dad's going to volunteer at the prison and give back. And so I just grew up to associate compassion and, well, yeah, compassion and fairness with, with Democrats. So yeah. first election I was able to vote in was Obama. And I voted for Obama twice and Hillary and Joe, and I'll tell you why. But basically the why is that up to this point, I haven't broken out of the mold, the mold that I was raised in, frankly, I'm 33 years old, but, and I've always loved talking about politics, but it's taken life experience up to this point and the school experience to, and and the stuff going on in the country for me to get to the point where I say, Hmm, do I want to keep voting for Democrats? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's fair. Let's let's jump back real quick. I actually have a question for you. So you yeah. went into political science um, and and went into a law school. Were, were you a big fan of debate? Like, is that something that you kind of were natural at of, of being able to do that? Not at all. Really? Never took a debate class. Yep. Um, I consider myself a good presenter uh, when you know when I turn it on and I prepare. I feel very confident in my ability to present public speak, whatever, but never did debate the, the, what I did do is smoke a lot of weed in high school and talk to my friend, (laughs) Andrew, who was a year or two older than me. And Bush was in office at the time and we would just chill. And I was the lefty and he was Mr. Conservative. And we just had really nice, deep talks about politics. And that's where my conversations, my respectful conversations about important issues got started. And that, that really was the genesis of it. And all these late years later, as I was going through law school, I said, oh, maybe I should start a blog because it got to a point where I just had to start talking about what was going on in the country. And, yeah. fi- and I had to figure out, so it's a dual mission. This thing is to figure out like, what do I really believe? And also, mm. you know, can I play a small role in helping people understand the issues a little more clearly? Because I do think independent of whatever I'm going to end up believing that um, there is a lack of, especially in the mainstream media, um, clear, unbiased news. So yeah, that was kind of my goal. So I just, I said, oh, maybe I'll start a blog. And then I realized blog is so much work. Yeah. It's so yeah. hard. Dude, way too much. Way oh my too goodness. much. So props um, to people who yeah. write. But I just, so <laughs> once I, once I realized podcast was the way to go, um, it started falling into place. But uh, yeah, no debate experience. Yeah, I didn't. Um, so I grew up. <clears throat> I don't have a lot of uh, political people on. I mean, I do sometimes, but we rarely talk about politics. I ask stupid questions like, well, "Were you ever in debate school?" Um, instead of being like, "Well, why do you believe this thing?" And no. so I, uh, I wasn't. I didn't take debate class at all. But I did grow up same as you. I had friends who uh, had different beliefs than me. Um, I grew up in a religious household, and then I went atheist for a little bit, and so. Uh, and I grew up in Southeast Texas. And for that time of trying to figure out same thing about the political thing, this is, 
I'm thinking like 2003. I didn't vote till way later in the game. This is me coming out of high school and, and into college. Um, all my all my arguments and, and conversations with people had nothing to do with politics. It, it only had to do with religion um, and how those things worked. And I actually found um, my voice and being able to communicate and kind of understand people and 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 take the route of being like, well, I have my beliefs. How do you find yours? And how do we meet in the middle? And then where do we go from there? And how do we discuss these things? I found that through the the topics of religion, not politics. And so, um, and and I spent a lot of time um, studying apologetics. I wanted to know about Buddhism and and Hinduism and Islam and. And so I started to look into these things because those were important to me um, and, and my my Christian background. And I wanted to understand people a little bit more. And it wasn't until 2018, a little bit before I started the podcast, I started to get into politics because all I did was talk to people about religion. And then I started at that point in time, this is like after Trump was elected in 16 and things started to kind of ramp up a little bit more and more. And I noticed that the conversation left the the religious aspect and moved straight into politics now, people didn't care what you believed as far as your religion they only cared about who you voted for and i didn't actually vote for anybody up to that it was pretty much a punk rock anarchist christian thing so i was like well i'm i'm, I'm more concerned about jesus and salvation than i am about whoever runs the country because mm. that's just not in my peer view but because Very i studied i studied apologetics and other religions around that 2018 point i was like oh this politic thing this is a this is a new religion like these mm -hmm. these people take this seriously yeah. um to the point where they're they're really willing to put all their life onto it and that's when i started to dip into the politics thing and and the podcast has kind of evolved over from 2019 of just being kind of feeling artists out and and now my i still have artists on the podcast and we talk um, but it, it it's starting to evolve into more of a cultural aspect and where people find themselves and their deep, deepest beliefs, because that's where artists actually come from. Every time I talk to an artist, they're normally like, well, this is how I do it. And I'm all for the technicalities, but I really, really want to get to the sole purpose of why people do what they do. And I kept running into the, the issue of being like, well, hey, this guy paints acrylic and he loves to do, you know, spray paint of murals. And then you find out later on after talk to him, you know, his parents came from here and this is what he struggled with. And and then you kind of dip into not only his religious beliefs, but his political beliefs, too. And, and where this, those are kind of all intrinsically wound up into the person. And so I was like, well, if I avoid politics and I'm literally just hop skipping over a mm -hmm. big avenue of who people are. And so now now my podcast is nothing but politics. No, mm -hmm. um, it, it is leaning towards that because I think. Um, it's kind of on the forefront of most people's brains. Is that what you've, you've, I'm, I'm assuming you've interviewed a lot of people that are really into politics and, and the culture and stuff like that. Is that, yeah. Is um, like it's right I try, I, you know, I, I, as much effort as I'm putting into it, uh, which, which I, I could be doing a lot more and better, but Shh, tell the them people that I, you know, ooh, I, I, I'm an amazing host. Um, the guests <laughs> I've had are, political activists either either authors or politicians local politicians or yeah. running to be local politicians um thought leaders and mostly libertarians is what i've why? found um can i can i stop you there why you libertarians know, man i think that's what i've just i think i discovered they exist on twitter and then <laughs> i think we've we've had some There's some good super. meshing they're super loud. They are yeah, loud. Yeah, there's a lot. 
libertarians, there's a lot to get into, and it's all connected. Religion, libertarianism, the whole thing. So there's a lot of ground to cover. Um, but yeah, I guess I'll just start with, with what you asked, which is liber- why libertarians. Well, they can position themselves in the middle. I don't know if they're truly in the middle of the left and the right, but you can argue that they are. And of course, you can also argue that they're to the right of conservatives mm-hmm. in some ways. Yeah. But yeah. what's attractive about libertarians to me is the the ideology. It's consistent. It's clear. Um, it's it's right there. Yeah. Um, and it and it's principled. And that's what I'm looking for is is set of principles that I can really buy into. So that's why. I mean, dude, that's probably the best answer I could have ever heard in my life. I mean, um, I'm libertarian, which is Ah. not a surprise. Um, But I I I venture more on the right side. I'm I'm what they what the libertarians would call a conservatarian, and so Mm. I'm a bit of a minarchist. Um, There's so many sects. I still need to get familiar with the divisions. This is. It's so easy because it's just like religion. So I would mm-hmm. be on the evangelical, maybe reformed Baptist side of if you were to take Christianity and overlay it with libertarian. I'm a little bit more on the um, the reformed, uh, four-point Calvinist version of libertarian. This is all words that don't matter. Um, but it's... I'm, you're talking to a Jew, uh, reformed Jew, so I'm lost. Fair enough. Um, and that's where I find myself, but I... I'm with you on that libertarian thing because I, as much as I wanted to be, so I come from, I come from a Republican background I'm from Texas. All my family is Republican, but I was in the arts world. I went through a whole punk rock stage where the entire, like my early 2000s were like Bushes uh, using depleted uranium to destroy, you know, the West. And so I've come from like this weird ethereal place of being like all of this the government, regardless of what it is, it's bad. And so I came from that anarchist background and then just found myself slowly bleeded into libertarianism. It wasn't even something I was like, dude, and people have asked and been like, well, what was it? I've seen this on Twitter all the time. Like, what was the thing that you read that turned you libertarian? I'm like, the thing that I read, I watched Parks and Rec and I was like, this Ron Swanson guy is pretty rad. And, uh, and then I, because my, my background in like theology, I've read the Bible and I was like, you know, there's a lot of undertones of being like the the kingdom of heaven is not of this world. And, you know, governments have a tendency to lean into tyranny. I mean, all of first Samuel in the Old Testament was like, um, was like God being like, hey, you don't want a king. And all the Jews being like, we want a king. He's like, this is going to be bad. And they're like, no, no, no. We want a king just like everyone else. He's like, all right. And then Saul comes in. And they're like, no, no, this king thing was bad. We want a better king. And you're like, oh, see, now I see how this echoes on into times. And so um, my libertarian stance comes from not being like, well, I just want to grow weed and shoot ARs. My libertarian right. stance comes from like, I think I like Jesus and I'm a bit punk rock. And, uh, so, mm, and I, interesting. I, it's a bit of a Pax Romana. All roads lead to libertarianism as long as you go down that road long enough. And right. I, I don't want to sell short my my Democrat friends or my Republican friends. I understand understand where their avenues come from. I understand why they they lean because our culture's so built into a binary of of being a tribal and I understand tribes. Uh society and 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 community is very, very important. And I think where 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 it's become now it's I would probably be really good at being Republican if I wasn't so 
against a lot of the establishment. Like I'm, I'm, I'm very weird. I'm very cynical of the government in general, which keeps me out of both political parties. Um, and I'm just not willing to sell off my entire identity, uh, to any political party. And I think, I think people, when you start to be more independent like that, instead of taking the media narrative, whatever, whether you walk, watch Fox or CNN, what if you just start looking at these independently and then you start to find yourself, um, further away from the group norm. And that's, that's a scary place. And, and it's not for everybody. It takes, and I think the bigger, like you said, like all your guests seem to be a lot of libertarians. A lot of my guests are libertarians too. It's hard for me to find people outside of that realm. Um, and so that, that whole center tent, I mean, I have something to say on the center part. I don't think they're center, but that whole thing is getting bigger. So it's easier to find a community of, they're left, of libertarians. They're left. You would say they're left then, right? Not center, but they're mm -hmm. the center is probably generally to the left in this country. Or what do you think? Um, no, and I've, I've explained this, but I don't think I'm, I'm very good at it. Um, I've explained, here's where I find personally, and I don't think I've ever said this on the podcast. I find libertarianism, uh, I find political parties to be a pendulum swing. And I think the culture moves the same way. You know, when there's a Republican president, I'm libertarians tend to be, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to say contrarian, but it does tend to happen. So I live in New York and as a, as a libertarian, that means I automatically tend to lean right or like everybody should have guns. The government should give out guns, you know? And, right. um, and if I lived in Texas, I'd be a little bit more like, well, why are you guys funding the, these wars? Like blah, blah, blah. And so you can be contrarian and be libertarian, but I don't, I think the culture moves in a pendulum swing. You get a right wing, you know, president, right wing co Congress, everyone time tends to kind of pull the other way and it swings back and forth. I think right. makes sense. Yeah. I think, I think libertarians aren't the center of the balance. I actually think they're the pinpoint at the top and all things swing on between uh one of i'm trying to use my screen um one of this is bad we got it's, a triangle we got a triangle with the libertarians on yeah, the top basically, libertarians at the top and then both other points are authoritarian so if you were to right. balance for sure yeah it would be between authoritarians you would have a everybody balance. got it yeah everybody's in. but really really libertarians aren't the center they're just going whatever this authoritarian thing that swings all the way to one side mm -hmm. you have a, a fascist government or you have communism libertarians aren't in the center libertarians are just out of the spectrum at the top and the I pendulum completely swing agree with that that makes total sense yeah and that's mm -hmm. where i found libertarians and that's where i was like well this seems to make more sense we don't like fascism we don't like communism and both of them are terrible and then we're somewhere not even on the scale we're off the side going i think people might not be as bad as they assume as long as you keep them out of a group mob think right. um, as long as we start to really focus on individualism um individual merit merit of uh characteristics like these things are something that's important and and the group can weed those out but yeah anyway long so rant. so i'll respond by saying this i'll tell you a quick story from um one of my social justice classes that i took in the last year of law school so i went at night while i was working so it was a four-year program okay. first three years is just the basic courses which were amazing. And then you get to the point where you can take some electives. And I decided to take these two social justice classes, not at the same time, but one after the other with the same professor, older black guy, amazing professor. He'd been at the University of San Diego for over 40 years. He worked, he went to Yale Law, he with Clarence Thomas. I mean, oh, wow. he yeah, uh, listen yeah. to this. He um he told us that every Friday night. Um, Bill and Hillary Clinton would come sometimes come around. Sam Alito would hang around. Um, 
but Clarence Thomas and the other black law students at Yale would get this table in the cafeteria. And the only requirement was you had to have read something in preparation of coming. And it wasn't a, oh, nice. just a casual meetup. And yeah. you had to, and they, they were going to talk about law and how it affects black people and black culture. And uh, he said, even then, Thomas, you know, was was who he was. And he also says there was some Yale versus Harvard football game. And Clarence Thomas was a quarterback and he threw six touchdowns to my professor who caught all six. OK, nice. So that's okay. the history. Yeah. So this professor taught us a lot about critical race theory and where critical race theory fits into what he calls the post civil rights theories. I can get into that later if you want, but we all pretty much know what critical race theory is at this point. Yeah. And what I'm bringing this up for is because you talk about individualism and it made me think of classic American values, which yeah, I yeah. mean, it's not that difficult. You know, we can, especially if you're born here, you can, Hey, what are the classic American values? You can look to the bill of rights, look to our history. It's not that hard to come up with some, but over time it, the waters become muddied uh, because certain forces are at play and trying to get us to question the American values. And basically the big point here is that professor made the argument and a lot of people on the left do, especially in academic circles who are teaching critical, certainly critical race theorists do the argument that this is one of the arguments he puts forth. He goes, look, when the government of the United States of America was founded, whatever, 1776, that was not a neutral system it in fact had a value infused in it and that value was minimal government yeah sounds yeah. right sounds, sounds right right i mean hell anyone who knows anything about our country knows that you know it's this idea of less government um but you know the idea is that that doesn't work for everyone and that doesn't work particularly for black people in this country and so the idea is that these american values are bad and that they need to be changed and if you don't agree with that you need to be re-educated yeah like That's you need a camp you need on. to go to a camp and yeah be re yeah. yeah sign me out for that one yeah yeah that one's wrong uh, not a camp guy but but that is <laughs> what's like going it. on with the with the bias training you know implicit bias training and look gun reform i mean pick an issue in society and we could talk about how the fight is about you know, old American values versus new American values. And it speaks to your point about how politics has become a religion and Democrats, whether it's social issues or economic issues, they just get so wrapped up in what they believe is right that you become an enemy if, if you know, if you don't see it that way. And there's a lot of talking past each other. And that's one of the reasons I started doing my thing is because, yeah. well, I see this. I say, oh, yeah. Democrats are saying this. Conservatives are saying this. And look, this is critical race theory. Damn, shit. I found myself playing the Ted Cruz role in class because it was all, <laughs> oh, no, for real. That contrarian um, I would, coming out. Well, always to be a contrarian, but also because I really, I was like, no, I don't think uh, capitalism is racist. I don't think yeah. merit is racist. Sure, we can talk about Jim Crow and housing laws, housing discrimination, <laughs> and how that in fact impacted generational wealth. Yeah. There's a conversation to be had. Hell, maybe you can even convince me to be open to reparations. I don't know. We can talk about the history of oppression. 
that black people face in this country and, and still face to some extent. But the question is, how much of a remodel do we need in this country, if at all? Are we, you know, did we achieve our goal in the 60s with the civil rights movement or, or not? What, what work is left to be done? It's, it's crazy. And the funny thing about those classes is there was one black student and he was a conservative and he was on his way to be a prosecutor. And so I think he struggled. I'd love to talk to him. I think he struggled with what we're learning too. It was, it was controversial. It was really good. But these values are, are at war with each other. And you have people who are religious on one side and want religious freedom. You have people who are religious but also but pretty much want their religion to be dictated. You have people who are hardcore atheists. And so where does it all fit in? And it's no surprise we're struggling to communicate with each other. Hey, everybody. I don't know if you know this, but not only am I a podcaster, I'm also an artist. And I'm not a bad one at that. And if you want to judge me, be like, well, I don't think he's a very good artist. You can actually go to pardonwill.etsy.com and check out my art. And I'm going to show it to you right now. If you go here, you can actually see my entire category. And I've got cool stuff like antiques. I got uh, the Mandalorian watercolors. All these things are prints. I also have originals on here. And you can buy those um, that are actually on watercolor, hand-painted. But even with the prints, you can choose. Like, well, I want this size. I, I don't want this size. Um, I want to actually be able to adjust according to the frame that I have for the office or the living room or, or my kid's bedroom because they love Spider-Man. You can do all of that at pardonwill.com slash Etsy. And as a gift to you for being a great listener, um, I'm using promo code podcast. It gives you 10% off. And that's that's literally just me being like, hey, thanks for listening. And and it's just for you. No one else knows about that um, unless they listen to the podcast. So that's my gift. And, and, you know, a lot of podcasts are like, well, donate and subscribe and all that stuff. And you can do that as well. But um, I don't want free money. I want you to be able to support the podcast and also get something in return. So um, if you go to pardonwill.etsy.com and check out my art, you can just look at it. And sometimes it's just nice to look at art i mean people i mean what is instagram for anyway so go to pardonwill.etsy.com and check it out and uh if you like something use promo code podcast get 10 percent off and that's my gift to you as a listener because i appreciate you and so that's it uh and back to the episode yeah i mean i think and a lot of a lot of times when it comes down i mean i have a lot to say on on what you're I, i'm with you on that one i i I've looked into the critical. Here's the thing about people that say about at least Republicans and um, libertarians specifically, because they're all like, we don't need a government, you know, do your own thing and, and, you know, grow your own plants and shoot your own guns and, and uh, don't tread on me. Like that's a libertarian stance. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a weird purview. But if I was to take, if I was to take and divide up, uh, you know, which one's more empathetic, the Democrats or the Republican party, like which, how do we split this? Obviously, the Republican Party is, you know, your bootstraps. You better pick yourself up, be responsible, be accountable for who you are. Um, and then if if we're going to if we're going to try to really paint a target on the Republicans back, it's being like, pick yourself up. And if those corporations just don't pay attention to them. And then now we have like uh, the Democrats have always been like, well, we need to look about the you know the working class and and the impoverished and 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 the marginalized communities. Don't ignore them. Like sometimes people need help. There needs yeah. to be some empathy, empathy involved, and they always tend to kind of uh, function on that realm. 
And I always looked at these as a libertarian. I looked at this is such a simplistic and stupid way, but it makes a lot of sense to my my tiny brain. I looked at the Republicans and Democrats as like a as like a parental unit because to me as a libertarian they're a uniparty they function together they're really just out for themselves they're like bad parents who could care less about the kids um but if you were to say they were good parents you'd say republicans a little bit more harsh with their punishment a little bit more disciplinary they're the bad guy but they but they keep things in line while the democrats are a little bit more empathetic uh they're a little bit more feminine in their social construct if we're going to go there um a little bit more a little bit more empathetic um and if you take both of those to the extremes you have a father that beats his kid and gets drunk and then you have a mother that's overly bearing and spoils and their kids turn out to be garbage and so either one if you were to line and go full straight ahead into either party without any kind of balance with any kind of real constructive concept of being like well i can be a republican and be empathetic or i can be uh, a democrat and have some principle and rule of law that you know these things you would be fine it's just part of a good balance it's when they when those parties divorce and and instead of being like and this is why i use the the parent thing say these parents divorce and then all you have on one side say you're 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 a child your parents divorce and you go stay with your mom for the weekend and your mom does nothing but go your dad is a piece of garbage he's a terrible person he's done this and done this and done this and i hate him and and you should never answer his phone call and then you 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 spend the week with your dad or whatever and you go back home and dad and your dad's like you know what your mom she's she's just a terrible person she sleeps around she's she's off and you're constantly like like what the hell do i do here because you're obviously not even paying attention to the humanity of either side you're not you're not balanced in any Mm. of this and then you have libertarian which would be like the the weird uncle who's like you want to come over and smoke weed and show gun like shoot guns like what do you want to do here and i'll you know in a bit of a balance (laughs) so that's a terrible that's a joke but it's brilliant actually um but that's how that's kind of how i see things and because i'm a guy um and and i'm a traditional like i'm kind of old school i'm older Mm -hmm. I find myself on the Republican side, but I'm also an artist. So I'm constantly trying to be empathetic and feel that aspect. And I think that gives me a good rounded character of being balanced. Um, and, and I think I just had this conversation with a buddy of mine who's a writer and he's, he's a libertarian too. And we were talking about when you write characters, you kind of have to put yourself in those other positions. I think that's a lost art, especially with what you do and what I do as podcasts. We don't ask questions to pin our guests into being like, well, let me figure out where I can find their weakness. We go, what what do you because i don't understand all the things where do you see this from because i see this thing and i i just think that's a bit of a lost art and i think more people need to kind of understand that but that this whole thing is spinning out of control mm-hmm. and the more and i'm not saying it's not without warrant like there's a lot of things and because i come from the republican side and there's a lot of things like like well the republican because i'm a libertarian the republicans could probably shape up in this but there's a lot of stuff come from the left side that I'm going, what the hell are you guys doing over there? Like, right. y- yeah, bring no, it it's back making in a, a guy bit. like me um, consider voting for a Republican for the first time or cons- saying to myself, hey, you know, maybe I shouldn't be voting for Democrats. You know, the party has left me, however you want to say it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that sums but up there's your a lot of there's a lot of controversial stuff coming from the left. hundred percent. And I, dude, here's the thing, and maybe it's because of the, and I worry about this, like the intake uh, of what I see online and, and how I interact with Democrats, but I have, 
I've I've had to search and be like, all right, some of these, some of this Republican thing. The George Santos is the best thing. That's the one thing I can hold on the most. This guy's a freaking liar, dude. He's so good. Yeah. He's so good at being the worst of all yeah. things. <laughs> but but he's a great target. My problem yeah. is is every time I talk, I mean, it's not even talk, man. I, I a lot of my friends are are Democrats and they come from one ilk. Um, it's getting to the point where now I don't I don't know anybody who's religious who's a Democrat. Catholic, a hardcore. It, remember, it used to be Italian Catholics who voted Democrat. Mm. Can't find them anymore, man. Mm -hmm. um, if if, yeah. and that's where I start to get worried because most of the arguments I used to have were, you know, you know, theology and and theism versus atheism, and now all my arguments are like Republican versus Democrat, and I'm like, well, because they're starting to split off in that realm too. Every atheist I know is not a Republican, and the few that might be are considering Christianity. So now I'm like, well, now what do I do? Yeah. And so it's, I don't even know how to draw these lines anymore, but it's a good conversation to have. And I think there's a few people left in the center. I honestly think there's a few people left in the center going, I'm willing to have this conversation. But as soon as you start advocating for some weird stuff, like some of the cultural things are really, I'm the same with you, man. Like I'll, I'll be as empathetic to your plight critical race theory i've had conversations about reparations even though i'm disagreeing tell me why tell me where this makes yeah, sense my and I'm ears willing are open. To hear my heart is open my ears Dude, are open systematic racism I, I don't see it i have arguments against it but i'm still willing to hear it out cutting kids up and doing this gender thing yeah you lost tough. me man you, you, yeah. you, you've jumped you've literally fonzie jumped the shark and now yeah. i don't know where to go from here and so right. those things are are where i'm starting to pull back and being like i've i've extended i've extended my line as far as i can you, yeah you, you're going too far and now i don't know what to do anymore and so now i'm yeah. now i'm a right-wing extremist and my fbi is, is yeah. watching my podcast so that's that's where i'm at now yeah no it's really tough kids transitioning guns healthcare doesn't even seem like an important issue anymore it doesn't i mean i mean it just so doesn't <laughs> i, I uh, will, well i take that back because well well healthcare is kind of involved in all the things so i've noticed in the political realm um if we're going to move into 2024 with like i'm sorry i'm ranting again i don't mean yeah. to, you're my guest and i'm like shut up brian well, let me talk um no, please you know I, the deal. I'm, I'm happy to not have to carry well, well, tell me your tell me your thoughts on this one. So the healthcare thing is intrinsically involved in all the things because they're all involved. We're start you know where you'd be able to be like, well, here's the hill I die on. Well, not all the hills are bleeding into one thing because mm -hmm. healthcare is is not just being like, well, we want Medicare for all. Now it's we want gender affirmation for everyone, mm -hmm. and healthcare actually involves an abortion. Abortion is female healthcare. Like this is healthcare, sure. and right. then you're looking at the gun thing and be like, well guns what do guns have to do with healthcare? and be like well we could have healthcare if it wasn't for all these guns and so you can actually start to bleed everything into um general welfare general well-being I mean, what are we and talking can about the left the left and i don't say this judging i'm not saying this pejoratively i'm just saying this from observation the left will look at 10 problems and say okay here are 10 problems the solution is to ban them Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's something like that. It's pretty simple. They don't yeah. really give much thought to the form, the, the constitution, the method. Republicans yeah. seem to be much more focused on methodology and legal framework. And can the government do that? Conservative uh, progressives are like, I don't care if the government, of course, can the government do that? We got a problem. 
And yeah, the yeah. government is the answer. The government that's is always the answer for progressive. And I think it's fair to question if that's wise. Obviously, a lot of people don't think it is. So parental rights versus the government, it's all really is tied together. And it's interesting about religion. I always love talking to people about religion too. And as I've gotten older, I've always, I've never been an atheist. Uh, I guess I've always considered myself an agnostic. Um, okay. Yeah. I pray from time. I mean, I talk to God. So okay. I believe in God. Um, I don't really know what that means, but I am not an atheist. For sure. Uh, I think religion is amazing, but it's, it's amazing because it's the source of so much peace and so much serenity and also maybe indirectly so much turmoil as well. And you have these people who are born gay or okay. That are not straight. Okay. They're yeah. not heterosexual. There's something, something different. We'll say different, something different, hundred percent and call it different. Just call it not the norm. And that's what it is. And they exist. And what are we going to do about it? <laughs> and I just went to an event because the company I work for donates to a LGBTQ political fundraising group just because they donate to a lot of things in town. And this is one of them. Not to say that we they donate to everything, but, yeah, yeah. but they donate to this. And I represented the company three years ago, three years in a row at this event. And I actually just ran into Governor of California. Governor Gavin Newsom was at this event really? a couple of weeks okay. ago. Yeah, I was in San Diego and he stopped by and he was there. It's pretty cool. And. I did. I had two really okay. brief interactions with them. The the first one was horribly embarrassing. People were just going up to take a photo and make a minute of small talk with them. And so I just mumbled. I was like, yeah, yeah we build apartments. My our company, we build housing. You know, uh, <laughs> no, affordable housing, right? It's good. It's like, yeah, we love housing. I was like, okay, that was housing. as bad as it could have been. Yeah, that was yeah. really bad. That's fine. So then me and my two coworkers, we scuttled across the courtyard where this event was being held got away from him. I was like, all right, all right, we got the picture. Okay. Two minutes later, we turn around and there he is. Newsome right in front of us. Like what the fuck? Cool. this guy followed us. Excuse my language. He followed us yeah, across yeah. the no, courtyard. You can cuss all you want. Yeah, and that deserves, that deserves it. Yeah. Everybody. He said, yeah. what is he doing? Like, what is he doing? And it turns out we had migrated to where the coffee bar was. Mm -hmm. And so he was going to re up on his coffee. And then he was, he starts pouring his cup and I go, what's the point of being governor? If you got to pour your own coffee and he laughed and we, we BS. <laughs> so that was my, I made up for it. And we just had a quick little little interaction, and he was like about to be introduced to give an impromptu speech. He's like, he turns to me and goes, what are we giving speeches now? And uh, he was kind of funny, very charming, worked the room expertly. And then he gave a little pop-up speech and you know, showed a lot of solidarity with the LGBTQ community and took some shots at DeSantis. Oh, of course. Why not? So took some shots at DeSantis. He knows but who's look, running. He knows and, and look, running. like, yeah, the trans thing, I believe people are born different. They're born a certain way. And I don't know the ins and outs of it, but on one hand, I want to be accepting and I don't have a right to dictate. On the other hand, you know, we can't go and say that there are no norms. We can't say that there aren't men and women. We can't do that either. And we also need to be really thoughtful about what we're allowing to be done to children. I mean, yeah. See, that's, that's, <clears throat> I agree. And I think that's where, I think most people are. I think p most people are generally empathetic, especially if it's some something personal. Not, not maybe every conservative Republican has been like, "Well, you know, I got a nephew who's gay," and um, I uh, love my trans son. You know, like not <laughs> no. not all of them are going to be like, well, you know, we burn them at the stake because they're witches. 
but a lot of them are being like, Hey, I don't want you may be different, but fight it. (laughs) Right. Is that where you're going? Like fight? No, no, no. I think, I think in this, I'm, my problem is I'm about to speak for Republicans and I'm trying not to put words in their mouth. Yeah, no worries. There's, and so I'm going to do it regardless because I don't really care what they think, but I'm going to do it. Them. Go ahead. But I'm going to do it as a courtesy to you of, of trying not to, I'm going to try to straw man them as best I can. Cause I think, I think I understand where they come. Cause I think I understand where Democrats come from, Yeah. which yeah, is a whole nother conversation. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think the train, this is why, this is why the Bud Light thing for me, the Bud Light putting Dylan Mulvaney on the can was was um, a crossing of the Rubicon, and this is why mm. that boycott picked up before any others. Mm-hmm. Is I think, mm-hmm. and I, even as a libertarian, I've seen the Overton window move left, 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 and and it pushes people right and people right. But but even like before, if you were if you were a Republican in the '90s, you were like, "There's no gay marriage. That's against God's will." And then eventually, you're like, "Well, you know, they get married, but that's fine." And you know, let them, you know, if it's in their home, then I don't want right. to hear about it. And then it's like, well, well, they're pride, pride parades. It's only one day a week, you know, let right, them do. Right. Well, it's a pride month, but it's just. Now we're at chop the five-year-old's dick off. It's and fine. now you're like, okay, we, we've, as far as Republicans, and I'm putting myself in that category, we've stepped back and stepped back and been as tolerant because, and the tolerance thing is a whole nother thing. We've been yep. as tolerant as possible, and now you're crossing. This is what Virginia had. This Give is the reason why inch. they elected a Republican governor. It's because you 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 cross the Rubicon, which was now you're messing with our kids. And because you did that, it's now we're starting to be aware of things when things come around. Because no one really cared until COVID happened. They're like, oh, what are they teaching my kids? Because now I'm mm-hmm. watching it on Zoom. Right. And so people are starting to wake up. And then, dude, no one would have cared about the Bud Light thing had it been I'd have been just the left being like, well, we love Dylan and Dylan is fine. Except for the fact that Joe Biden had Dylan come to the White House, sit down and talk about trans and kids to the president of the United States. So all of a sudden, now, now we know who Dylan is, right? And not only do we know who Dylan is, Bud Light is a staple of, of middle America, working class. And then they're going to put a cultural icon who would be a coastal elite on either side, going to the White House, in film, on Broadway, this is this is a this is a strictly um, a liberal coastal elite, and you're gonna slap them on a middle middle American piss water beer can, and you're gonna think they're not gonna notice. And that's mm-hmm. my thing with it's not hard to switch from to Bud to Coors, and it's not like Coors is you know without sins. We're not casting stones here. It's going. Mm-hmm. You, you didn't have to, and I've said this in a tweet. It wasn't that we were mad or like conservatives or Republicans were like, you, you put a trans guy on a can. We're mad about that. It's the fact that you did it so audaciously that, that we wouldn't even notice or we wouldn't care. As if we were just going to be like, yeah, you know, it's one of those weird guys that's on a beer can. Don't care. You've, you've pushed the, you've crossed the Rubicon and then continue to push so far to where our sacred things are no longer even ours anymore. And, and that's where people, I think, have, no one expected the conservative Republicans to do anything because I'm a libertarian. The one thing I know about the Democrats, they do too much. And the Republicans don't do anything. That's that's the thing I know. Democrats are always going off in the left field. Republicans are always being like, you're going too fast. Please slow down. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I know. And finally, Republicans are standing up being like, no, 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 hold on. This is this is you're, you've pushed too far. Mm-hmm. You've, you've you've we've tolerated so much to the point where now we're just not. And I say we as in because I'm falling into this group now. Even as a libertarian, I'm like, you screwed up, man. You didn't mm-hmm. have to. 
keep right. keep those things over there and keep these things over here and i understand if you want to be gay you want to be trans that's fine keep them away from the kids keep them away from the schools keep them away from the libraries keep them away keep them yeah. where they should be i've been to a drag show it was in a bar at night it wasn't in a library and that mm. made sense to me i'm like okay right. this is this is i've seen kink before i live in new york i've seen pride parades i get it there should be a line and and the fact that there that line is arbitrary that you can push it either way right or left or whatever you want um makes me think that they don't even think the line exists and mm -hmm. I, and that yes. makes me nervous yeah well long range dude i'm sorry i just went off but no 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 it's it's all good and i agree with all of it my thoughts are which thing well drag shows yeah oh yeah here's what i got these people if we look at it through their point of view they don't want to feel marginalized anymore they don't want to be relegated to the world of kink they want to say hey i'm trans and i'm proud of who i am this is who i am and i'm not going to apologize for it and i'm not going to be hidden from your children yeah so it's about normalization right it's about normalization. If you want to normalize an idea, you expose it to children, right? I mean, I'm just spitballing here. I, I mean, <laughs> you're it doing to, a whoa. great job. You're doing Hold a on. great job. You know what? Don't I, expose uh... anything to children. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, no, let's but, pull that one back, but that's fine. Yeah. Uh, I know what you're saying. Yeah. So <laughs> on one hand, everything you just said makes perfect sense to me. On the other side of the coin, it's like, what are these people supposed to do? Live in the shadows perpetually because they're different? Yeah, um, it's a it's an honest question. No, 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 and it's it's a good one. I'm, I'm having to think of my percolating. problem. Is huh? You weren't ready. You, you're percolating. Yeah. No, well, but it's 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 controversial. Well, here's the, the idea thing. that there are no norms that they're they're stomping over the norms. Another, so one norm is heterosexuality. Another norm is meritocracy. Um. Well, it's well. Here's the thing: to step over a norm this is my problem is I'm trying to phrase this the proper way. And this is, I'm trying not to go here, but I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it regardless whether or not I can back this argument up well, but I'll try to explain. I'll, yeah. I'll try to <laughs> just make it up. Um, I'll try to explain this the best way I possibly can. The idea that, that we need to change the norms is a pronouncement of what the norms are. It's the same thing as, um, it's the same thing as saying like, uh, we don't, I, I since I'm since I come from where I come from, I, I believe there is transcendent morality, meaning like it's 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 not a social construct. It's not about what's good for the group. It, there is there is a right and wrong that's built into the fabric of the universe. Morality is built into the fabric. You, not you believe that? I'm just you yeah, yeah. No, believe I believe that. Okay. that. Right. I okay. believe that, and this is why I'm trying not to do. This, but I'm going to come back down to it. So majority of the conversations I've had are with you know, between theology and atheism and, and where does morality come from? And if mm -hmm. God is good, how is there bad stuff? Like, these are the yep. things that I come from. And I'll, always, I always get the, the conversation of being like, well, if God is good, then why would he allow bad? And I'm like, well, how do you define bad? And like, well, this is what I believe bad is. And this is what I believe good is. And I'm like, well, where do you get these, these dynamics of what is good and bad? Because if there was no God, then everything's a bit of just an evolution of what we deem as good or bad. It doesn't mean it's really good or bad. It just means right. this is then, you, then do the value. Bad. Right. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. So all of it's teeter. It's all subjective. Basically there's nothing objective. Mm -hmm. about right. This. 
And so when well, it comes to, yeah. well, that's my point is when it comes to norms, I understand that people go, well, well, we need to defy the norms because the norms are subjective to this past. And, and what I believe is I think norms are there for, for a reason. And they've been there for a long time. So every time someone steps over a norm, um, it, it pronounces itself because it's not the norm. And it's the same way. It goes back to the idea of being when I grew up, uh, I was always told because I grew up in Texas that that Christians weren't tolerant of the left. You know, they weren't tolerant of people. And then as I got older, I was like, actually, it seems like they're more tolerant because every time someone's like, well, you're not if you don't let me do this, then you're not being tolerant." And it seems like now now the tolerance thing is flipped there. Mm -hmm. There that whole exclusive thing has become inclusive and inclusive is becoming exclusive. And so now if you don't believe in all things are okay, then, then right. you're ex exiled exactly. and you're like, well, now the tolerance, right. we tolerate everybody except for if you don't believe in tolerance. And then you're like, well, well, this is a contradictory on itself. And then you start to break down the ideas of contradictory and norms. And so it's not either, or there's no binary. There's no man or what, what is a woman. And now it's whatever I want it to be at whatever time I want it to be. And it's, if you draw a line in the sand anywhere, anywhere, we will cross it. And that's why I think the Overton window for the left has moved so more and more and more because you can't have any lines because as soon as you draw a line, be like, well, you know what? Even Joe Biden was like, well, this is marriage between man and woman. They're going right. to cross it. And they go, well, yeah. well, maybe drag shows are cool and, and drags reading to kids is cool. It's library. We want them to experience different things. So that's mm -hmm. cool. And they're like, well, what if we twerk in front of them? They're like, well, well, I don't know Hold about the that. twerking, bro. Now you're a bigot because you don't like twerking because what's the yeah. difference between twerking and reading a kid's book? And now mm. you're like, well, see, every time. Why does a trans person's ship necessarily need to sway? <laughs> Why do their hips need to shake? That, well, because it's part of their identity. And so my mm. my own, my, that long rant comes down to the idea that there's a norm because we know there's a norm. Not because we said right. this is the norm. Everyone right. knows there's a norm. And I truly believe everyone knows when something's going, this is weird. It's just, when do people stand up and say, this isn't, this isn't going to fly anymore. And yep. this isn't right. And, and I'm, I'm fine with people. I'm, I'm, I'm an artist. I've been in the art world. I know a lot of weird people, just, just weird in general. I've never been like, Hey, you're weird. You need to, you need to just piss off. I've never done that. But right. what I won't do is go, whatever you, however you've done your world, doesn't mean I have to portray the same thing. And this has become your podcast and now you're interviewing me because I'm just telling you my standpoint. No, the, no, I'm, this is good. The, <laughs> this is good. The, the for thing. Real, for real. Well, here's what I'll say about the Dylan Mulvaney on the, the beer can thing. It's not the fact that he's gay or he's trans or whatever. It's the fact that when you start to to take objective things like man and woman, and you start to put them on display, like they're not anything. Mm -hmm. You're not saying a, a statement about who you are. What you're saying is there is no objective reality. Mm -hmm. And I can go in on this because Frederick Nietzsche, the philosopher talks about this a lot. And it's, it's, it's very important to the postmodern world that we live in. Yeah. Finish, please continue. And then I'll, oh, dude, I, I got on. my thoughts to respond later. Go on. Okay. Let me, and I said this on, let me, I've just ranted for so long. This is terrible. Um, no, but we're in, we're, we're in it deep now. We're, we're weeding through the weeds. Um, when you start to break down reality and go, well, there is no man and woman. What is a woman? We don't know what woman is someone who feels like a woman. It's a regurgitate. We've seen the Matt Walsh thing. We know what we're talking. We understand right. where the conversation comes from, but, 
back in the day, Frederick Nietzsche talked about the parable of the madman. And I brought this up on a podcast uh, recently because it's one of my favorite parables because he's an atheist. He's an atheist philosopher. He was all like, God is dead. He was the one who coined God is dead. And in this parable, he talks about this madman who, who, who is telling the whole town, like, I'm looking for God. Where is God? And they're all like, dude, what did you lost God? Like whatever. And he's, he says, God is dead. And he talks about now that we've killed God with, with our modern enlightenment, our philosophy, there is no objective reality. He goes, because there's no objective reality, we've, we've wiped away the horizon. We don't know what sky and land is anymore. He actually says in the parable, we've untethered the earth from the sun. We've literally unchained ourselves. And then in that process, he goes, what sacred games do we need to create now for us to feel like we're transcendent? And basically what he's saying is we've become God. Now that we've killed God, we need to create a fictional thing that makes us feel holy and sacred. And is we that decide. The Ubermensch? That must be the Ubermensch. Yeah. yeah. Was that the Ubermensch? I just remember that term. That's all I know. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah. I mean, you could take Hitler could easily have read this parable and like, and and this, so, this so, is where so, we go. So, so, but finish it for me. And I'm sorry I interrupted, but so, no, so no, no. The whole, what the whole, was he envisioning or what he, what has come he, to be that it has was, become it was that? Postmodernism. Uh, morality is, is subjective. There is no objective thing anymore. You can't point to um, a common norm. There is no there is no transcendent norm that you could go, this is where we foundational build off of. So because all of things down to the foundations of the core of the earth, which would be morality. And I always brought this up to atheists, be like, what do you think is more morally superior? To feed a homeless man with a sandwich or to kick a baby? And we all know the answer. Would would right. you rather feed a homeless man with a sandwich or hey, would you rather hey. kick a baby? <laughs> hey, because we know intrinsically that kicking a baby is wrong. But but an, uh, a, an, a subjective morality would say, well, kicking a baby would be bad for the tribe and feeding a homeless man would be good for a tribe. But that doesn't say whether or not it's good or bad. It just says whether it's utilitarian. Right. But what what transcendent morality, what a, what a, a theist morality says is no matter, even if it's bad for the tribe, if, if you were to kick the baby, the tribe would survive. It would still mean that kicking a baby is wrong, even though if it was benefit the tribe. Say, say you, if you kick this baby, the tribe survives. There is no, there is no one, it's, it's better for the group. There's no collectivist right. mentality. And that's and indiv each individual action has inherent moral exactly. value. Exactly, moral value. And that's the difference. And that's what, what Nietzsche was talking about, going in our postmodern world, without a transcendent morality, without something outside of what we, we have to judge things mm -hmm. according to this collective that we have. We have to create our own sacred games. And, and in that postmodern realm, which is where we are now, is ever, it isn't truth anymore. It's my truth. It's your truth. Yep. It's how we experience life. This is this is exegetical. This is what right. is important. Um, your truth is different than my truth. Doesn't make any less significant, except for the fact that it's your experience and my experience. But they coexist in a reality. Reality is gone. So whatever is important to you is important to you, and no one can take that away. And whatever is mm -hmm. important to me is important to me. No one can take that away, except for if you try with your truth infringes on my truth. Now we fight, and of course now we're well. We're when you say it like that, it sure seems like when you take away something that was supposed to be a unifying force of God, however you want to call it, an objective outside moral force, you take that away, then it makes sense that we would start fighting in new ways. We create our own religion, dude. Yeah. It's and so, you know, so interesting about that. I definitely agree that American freedom, which obviously includes the right to practice whatever religion 
you want, you know, within certain norms. Right. Like you can't go murdering people if it's, you know, according to religion. Well, There's a whole body of now. Yeah, yeah, you basically sadly. Just depends on what race you are. Right. Hey. But um Yes. This, I'm just this playing. atheism. It depends on whether atheism, you're not your Obama just, and you want to bomb kids in the Middle East. Then you're okay. Oh, that's so. why they call. Why do you think they called him Obama? No, Obama. <laughs> they libertarian coming out. Yep, I'm just growing into it. It's only a matter of time, dude. It's only a matter of time. But to the point, the, the things that pe- the, the things that libertarians love, like our freedom culture. It does seem like it's been, and I don't want to sound too partisan or too like I'm trying to be trendy or outrageous for whatever, but I do think that you can make the argument that the left has kind of weaponized this freedom. And, and you know, the Republicans talk about weaponization of the federal government, uh, and you, you know, however you feel about political persecutions and whether or not you know they are political, whatever. But how about the weaponization of secularism? against religion and i do think i do and and but here's the thing it's like life or death right this this religious stuff it's hey always well let me back it up to say i wrote this note when i was in high school having those conversations with my buddy andrew i also had several conversations with another buddy matt and it reminded me of one of those we would i would actually argue back then again i don't think i was an atheist back then maybe i was an atheist definitely leaned more that way then but never, never identified as an atheist. But I would always argue, hey, Matt, humanism, this idea that humans have subjective, I'm sorry, objective worth can stand separate from religion and can serve as a moral a foundation for a moral code. And so I would just say, hey, that's now, do I still believe that? I, I still believe that it's possible. I still, it still makes logical sense to me that you could arrive at a damn near identical moral framework without being, without believing in God. I just, with that said, when you look at abortion and I'm not talking about when the, the baby was going to be born dead or like yeah. nearly dead or, or anything yeah. like that. But just in general, you go, well, does humanism, justify abortion that's not medically necessary like I, I don't know that it could so it's a tough question and yeah like you said it always backs down to to to, to the spiritual and the religious question especially if you're not a full-throated humanist and i think yeah. we have a lot of those people that are not so in this country i think we do have a lot of people who like satanism for example i, I don't know how genuine it is but it exists yeah. it does exist it's, it's so, fairly humanitarian yeah, not, absolutely, absolutely. I right. mean, it's, it's a bit of a political play on. Right. I, and I know, so I know a, a, a few Satanists, um, not actual spiritually Satanists, just in the political party. Right. And it is, um, it's a, it's a contrarian view of. It's basically just atheism with a religion tucked onto it, probably right. for tax reasons, which I'm all for. Avoid taxes right. by any means. Um, but but I think it's it's a play on the idea that we can have objective morality without ha- having a god. And same well, thing you, you said go. the, hu- you the humanism thing. Well, and there it can, is, right there. Yeah, you can exactly, and you can arrive at that for sure. You don't need a god to believe. I mean, if you were to look deeply into it, the Imago mm-hmm. Dei, the thing that hold the Constitution, uh, um, that we are made in the image of God, and and we are uh, our 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 rights are God given. Right. They're transcendent. Right. You could 
you could assume that maybe it maybe it's aliens and they just supplanted. Either way, the fact that humans are separate is is where it always the right. the theology and and the humanism we all lead to the idea that there's something holy, there's something sacred about human life, and if we right. if that's where we're, our jump off point is, then that's fine because that means that we think about life as being sacred, not as carbon, not as being like well you know it would be better if these people starve to make sure climate change doesn't go anywhere. Right. Like then we go, oh, now we've tiptoed over the human thing. So we can be atheists and theists alike. As long as we mm -hmm. think at the end of our, at the end of the round, humanism and, and, you know, theology and, and theists, we just believe that humans are important. And it's, we're cool on that, Do you right? I believe that's a, it's a, it's an important point. Do you think that the majority of the left today doesn't think that? Dude, I know it's a, a big question, but you know, Dude, like there was a whole Twitter poll that went out by this one guy um, like two days ago and he put out a poll and he, he put out multiple and he was, it used to be a YouTube guy and I watch him and Tim, Tim cast, Tim Poole brought him up. And I, I saw this before that now blew my mind, but he put up a poll and be like, do you think, do you think it's better? If, 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 do you think it's better that the world has humans or the world doesn't have humans? Right. It was 60% that people were like, no, it's good. The universe has humans. And 40% said it was bad. Right. Like 40% of that. And yeah. who knows how many of those were Russian bots. We don't know. Right. The idea that, man, the idea that, that people are worried about the overpopulation thing that they're, they're like, well, I don't, I, one of my favorite comedians, uh, here's an anecdote, just kind of tell you where I'm coming from. One of my favorite comedians, he's a, he's a normal guy. He's, he's like almost 50 now. And he's like, well, I don't want to have any kids because I don't want them. But also, I don't want to, I don't want to bring down the carbon. He's literally said this. I don't want to add more pollution to the world. So I'm not going to have any kids. Right. Yeah. Jesus, that's, kinda, that's, what that's, kind of ideal yeah. is that, man? It's kind of scrambled. Yeah. Well, I'm, and I'm not like, well, this guy's a dick. All of a sudden, I don't go to like, well, he's a liberal. You know, I'm just thinking about him. And I'm like, dude, what what aspect of humanity do you look at? And what's what's value, what's holy and what's not? If if the world falls apart and there's like 10 people on Earth at the end, say the sun, we destroy the Earth completely. But, you know, just straight up, we run so many uh, 71 Chevys with all the exhaust in the world and it just collapses and there's only 10 people left on this dying planet that's worth it then then to be a million years of a planet without humans to me mm. i i think human life is is way more sacred and again we go to back to the humanism thing when it comes to atheists and the theologians and and theists what what what's better who's our man this is this is a hard this is why i'm trying not to avoid this let's link it all back <clears throat> the thing about why politics is a religion is because we live in a postmodern world and if there is no god something fills that gap we worship something and we could see religion as being the new we can see politics as being the new we have apostates we have prophets we have clerics we have priests all of all of all of politics has taken the vicious um the vicious um the visage is that even the right word? I don't know if that's the right word. Um, of religion and put it on themselves. And what I think the reason why is because everyone's going to worship something. There's there's always going to be that we want a God. And mm -hmm. and I said this to a guest recently on the podcast like a month ago. 
this is why I find myself on the right versus left, even as a libertarian. It's because at least on the right, people have God, and then the government's a secondary part. And, and the government's a tool of God. Mm-hmm. But on the left, no, they don't seem to have God at all. And and they seem if they if they want God, it's the government. And and I don't I try not to be condescending on this, but they look at the government as God. They their rights don't come from inalienable rights from a creator. Their rights are given to them by the government. And I've heard this said multiple times, like, we can take your rights at, away if you don't behave. And you're like, no, 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 that's not how rights work. Yeah. They're from the creator. And yeah. and if if you were gonna make change, then you would you would petition your God. And so there is no God, so then it's government. So what do you have? What what tool of power do you have on the left other than government? It's just government is God. It's how you control the masses. We're on the right and be like, well, well God would be the one to control them. Right. Anyway, it's 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 simplification, but that's that's no, kind no, of it's, and it's so how true. How do you feel about that one? Yeah, no, it's so true. This is the theme underlying all things, and it doesn't necessarily. I don't know if it necessarily impacts every issue of our time, but I don't think damn near it, most of them. Damn near it most does of a them. lot, man. But I don't yeah, think damn, it should. Damn near. I I hope it doesn't well, do all of them. I haven't thought about all of them. No, but but how do you? How do you coexist with people who don't believe in God versus people who do believe in God? Because a lot of conservatives would say, well, the freedom of religion that we have in our country was so that everyone practicing their own religion can do that in peace. But now we have this idea that, you know, atheism, that there is no religion, and it just opens up a huge Pandora's box of, like Nietzsche, you know, when when you remove the sun from our horizon we're lost and if if rights aren't god given and if enlightenment ideals are not valid and individualism is not you know a good way to look at life then then our rights don't mean shit and our constitution doesn't mean anything and the separation of powers that our government is based on doesn't mean anything either because and i'm kind of shifting subjects but the left looks at the structure of our government as an imp- impediment to progress, right? They well, say, yeah. why, why do we have to have all these things fall into place to get a law passed? We should just go straight to the court and do politics well, dude, by litigation. Dude, AOC literally just came out and was like that Supreme Court ruling about this this one particular abortion mess. And, um, you know, we should just overturn that. Like, that's, that's a whole other section of government that you're not a part of. And yeah, they advocating? don't care. They don't care. And I, you know, look, we can all understand being passionate I mean, I, I'm about trying, an important issue. We're not trying to pile on leftists, but it's right. almost easy. It's like fish in a barrel right. at this point. <laughs> you would, you would prefer, you would prefer her to say something like, "Hey, look, this is a decision, and I don't agree with it. My supporters don't agree with it. What can we do about it? Well, we can protest. We can raise our voices. We can do X, Y, or Z. But we can't ignore it because yeah. uh, we we do have a system." And a question I like to ask my progressive guest is... Hey, by the way, I'm uh, you're my guest, by the way. I forgot. I don't know if you forgot. Yeah, I, I, where am I right now? Welcome uh, to the no. podcast, David. That's all right. It's, uh, this is the problem when you get two podcast uh, hosts yeah, on one you, podcast. It's like a mirror. It's we like the infinity forth. mirror. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. What you would have rather... She, she, they don't want to operate in the system that we have because the they've indicted the system. The system is structurally oppressive because if 
this group or that group doesn't feel like they have a right that they deserve to have, well, and they can't get it through the proper channels that we have in our system. I'm sorry, everybody. We do have a system. It's an American system. It was modern. You know, it's racist, we, by the way. Yeah, and it's racist. We took it from England. We modified it. But like to your point about lines and norms, you know, we can't just say we don't live in a system with checks and balances and rules and ignore the reason. So, yeah, yeah, progressives don't seem to be interested in the concentration of power. And conservatives are like, hey, you might have a virtuous reason today, but once that power is combined, who's to stop it from going to hell real quick? Yeah. So it's it's an interesting conversation, man. God and morality. Dude, we went we went deep to be. We honest. went too deep. No, we How? didn't go too deep. We went yeah, we, we went perfectly. We went yeah. deep. We went the perfect amount deep yeah. on this idea. This is you know what you know what makes me think though. You know, Which thing? with immigration and a lot of immigration from um, don't get South me America. started on it. No, I'm just playing. well. Go well, on. I don't know, but I'm just thinking like. I wonder if most immigrants, especially from South America, are religious. And in that case, you know, I think they are, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah most so of them so the conservatives, on one hand, they might be like, hey, more religious citizens, that's a good thing. But it's just all very complicated. Pick, you know, is there one issue that isn't super hot right now and controversial? I don't think there is. Do we agree on anything, David? Uh, I mean, I mean do me and you, probably all of it. Um, but yeah. the, the left and the right. Uh, the the one thing the left and right do agree on, almost said Ukraine. Uh, the only <laughs> people who don't agree with that are libertarians have been like, "You're sending my money where?" And so, um, yeah. what do you maybe, what do you, what are your thoughts on Ukraine, real quick? Um, my personal thoughts on it. Yeah. Uh, I I think the government lies. Uh, from uh Korea to Vietnam to Iraq all the way into Ukraine. I think. Mm. Um, I think that. This is going to sound really rough on all my listeners. The only good thing that has come out of this war in Ukraine is the uh, juxtaposition of being Democrats watching me and like, well, we need to send them more guns and money because they need to fight off their uh, oppressors. And I'm like, and two way is here for what? The government not should. I think the government should not only give Ukrainians ARs. I think it should give every citizen an AR in the U.S. Uh, guns for everybody. Guns everywhere. Um, just break up uh, Raytheon and just hand out tanks to people in Ukraine, in America. Just let's go full free, free for all Wild West. Interesting. Pers- yeah. But personally, personally, the idea of being like, I understand America's always been somewhat uh, sketchy on how empathetic and how like we spread democracy. I believe in the Constitution. I believe in the freedom. I think America is uniquely set apart from every other country in the world, specifically because the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, is based off a of liberalism that was also uh, uh, a bit of like pulling from theocracy. They're all very moral. Even John Adams was like, this, this whole Constitution won't work unless there's a, a signifying moral Constitution between every human being. It's not that they have freedom. It's that they have freedom with morals that are intrinsic like that was john adam's point being like this only works capitalism only works if people believe in a basically he said people believe in a god that they will answer for something that there is a moral justification that isn't just this and i believe in that part and i think it would work great for everybody but being being in my theological standpoint as a christian you don't teach people morality but with a gun um you can save people with it but you're not going to you're, there's no way you share democracy at the point of a gun and so if you're going to help ukrainians i get it 
sending them money without accountability. Nope, terrible idea. Uh, this was a bad idea right off the bat. If Russia wanted to take Ukraine and the U.S. didn't have some other interest involved that I don't know about, um, it doesn't seem like we would have made it such a such a big deal. Mm. And so I don't I don't know I don't I don't like the I, I'm anti-war. I just don't like the idea of war, um, in general. As as and that's where my starting. So point to play is. devil's advocate, just what. What if someone said to you, okay, but you believe in objective morality and so you can therefore classify Putin's actions um, with the special military operation as either good or bad? And if, For sure. if you say it's bad, you know, well, I guess my point is that I guess there could be such thing as a just war then. Yeah, actually. And, I, and, I do and maybe believe. it's not our war. And maybe it's a just war for them. But Well, I, I don't believe I, I don't believe all uh, yes, I actually, weirdly, because I'm because I believe in objective, I think there is a such thing as just war, where I think it's injustice when you start to pull people in that don't believe it is. So, being my libertarian background, if so, hypothetically, say I was president, say I got I got elected president in 2020. Me, me, Trump and and Biden went after it, and I just I won. Uh, David, you Lilly's emerged president. victorious. <laughs> Merge victorious, and then this whole thing happened. Um, my my first thought would have been if you want to fight for ukraine and you think it's a you think it's a just war to war in, then go but i'm not going to i'm not going to take every uh you know single mother's child away from them and put them in a war and i'm not going to take your money away when you can't pay for eggs because we just d dumped a ton of money into stimulus and you're fighting to get gas because it's four or five dollars a gallon i'm not going to send that money anywhere other than where we are now because if i weaken our country as soon as they take over ukraine they're going to step onto our borders and if they do and, and i understand that whole concept like we fight russia over there we don't have to fight russia here i understand it but there's no way i'm going to starve my people to make sure they fight off an enemy that hasn't even reached our borders i would never do I, and that's my problem is I'm more i'm i'm morally bound to the idea that i cannot force anyone to sacrifice something i'm not willing to sacrifice myself yeah and that's uh, good. and that's that's just where it comes down to if if mm -hmm. if if i'm not going to send my son to fight in a war i'm not going to send yours that's just that's just where it is man so that's you would have been all about hey here's the link to the gofundme if you want to contribute basically man i'm not going to be like hey all that money you pay in tax i'm sending that to them and you better be freaking thankful i wouldn't do that i'd be like look it, this is something that might affect us later on if you want to send money to it you want you're a big corporation maybe you, i'll give you a tax write-off if you donate to ukraine say you're raytheon or your your you know nbc or your your um you know uh whatever oil company you want bp you want you want to make sure your pipeline stays then send them money I'm not going to force any tax money on that. The, the yeah. idea that the money, the amount of money we sent them, for sure. I, I I hate for Ukraine's to 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 be slaughtering than this, but there's no way I'm I'm going to sacrifice the people. I'm not going to ask anybody to do anything I wouldn't do. That that's where I stand. How about you, Ben? What do you think? How do you feel about that? The whole thing. We'll end it on this. We'll end it on Ukraine. We've literally the talked happy about subject every subject of Ukraine. What do you think about Ukraine, man? You know. I'm not Mr. Authority on anything, you know, that's why I'm searching for political identity. It's so easy to get caught up in the media narrative and think with your emotions. And they really want us to do that. They really want us to think that this is a existential war of freedom and authoritarianism. 
Easily. And, and so if you frame it that way and you buy that, well, you'd be a real jerk not to support Ukraine. So what do I think? I think... I think we're awfully involved for something that's not our fight. Um, I think tensions are very high. I think <coughs> Biden did a pretty good job uniting Europe, if, you know, against this action. I but think, I am I concerned. Europe, you don't think united. so? No, yeah, no. yeah, he didn't. He wasn't responsible for the unity. He was no. The only thing Biden has done a really good job of was leading a ton of weapons and, and equipment in Afghanistan. He was mm. really good at that. I personally Fair can't enough. find anything else that he's. There's done some well. military pundit who's often on uh, the show. He's not really pundit. He's like a real military expert. And they have him on occasionally. Forget I forget at the time. Famous guy, but he was actually uh, praising Biden for was for it? yeah yeah. And the fox, it was on Fox, and they were trying to get him to actually like, oh wait, they were about to cut his mic because he was praising <laughs> Biden. But he thought he did a good job Freaking of dogs. unifying. So I think Biden's done a good job of like painting a picture and setting a narrative. Yeah. Um, do I believe it? I don't feel that Russia is a threat to me. Yeah, um, me neither. Oddly yeah. enough. So what do I think about Ukraine? I think it's it's largely not our business. I think we probably blew it. If we wanted to help Ukraine, then we screwed up. And once it happened, you know, perhaps we should have had an approach similar to the one you just outlined, which is like, hey, this is not good. This is not what we wanted. We should have been able to deter this, but we didn't. And so now we're going to open up anyone who wants to donate. I'm going to be on. I'm going to the president. I'm going to be here every Friday talking to you, asking you to donate. But it's a it's a mess. Well, I mean, you could have done, anybody could have done the easy thing, been like, look, this is this is a bad thing. It's invading on a country. These people are innocent. We're all for, everybody put the Ukraine flag in your bio. We're going to send them some money for aid. We're going to send them some, we want them to survive. But as, as, a, as a regard, we're going to send you aid, but we want negotiations. This is our biggest thing. We want an end to this now, whatever that means. And if that means giving up the Donbass region, region or whatever, we want peace now. Our main priority is peace. And you're like, well, well you know, Putin, he's well, a dictator. They'll call you an appeaser. For they'll sure. refer to history. The, oh, obviously. But like, it'll be the same thing as like Hitler just wants Poland. Well, give him Poland. And if he takes Poland, he'll be fine. Fair enough. Like you can, you can, you can justify that. But the one thing that you, the one thing that you can't say is, is the idea that, well, what if we just shove money into it and it'll, that problem will go away? If there's no avenue for being like, well, what do you think? Do you think if we give Ukraine a ton of money, they're going to fight Russia? The people actually stopped Hitler. You think we're going to do that? Uh, you just shove a bunch of tanks and stuff in Ukraine. They'll fight it on their own. And eventually Russia will be like, well, this is a dumb idea. We we poked a bear that was not even a part of the UN and not part of NATO or whatever. Oh, part of the UN, but not part of NATO. Well, it's fine. We'll We'll, we'll back off now. That was never that was never an option, and I I just truthfully my my skepticism is turned into cynicism when it comes to the government and what their plan is. I don't know what their plan is, and it it literally doesn't involve me. Um, and if anything, I I think they care less about me and you, and they care less about the Ukrainians. I think they care about them because I don't 
I've never met a politician that didn't lie to my face for some avenue. And I just mm -hmm. don't believe, yeah. I don't think we are where we are. Anyway, that's that's where I stand by. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I guess my last thought would that's be, such a, why do a we care downer, so much about this particular pill. dispute in the world? Wait, what? Well, my last thought is, why do we care so much about this particular dispute? You know, and look, if you, if you accept that it's an existential crisis between freedom and autocracy, I, I guess that's a reason. But is it really that? Well, do know. you want to know my opinion? No, no, I didn't. Yes, think so. of course. I don't want to know mine either. I think it's <laughs> a good. I think it's a phenomenal distraction to the the the, the, the economic dis collapse. Yeah, that's that's what I think it oh, is, man. I yeah. think it's it's a great way to pay attention to spy balloons and right. uh, 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 boxes and garages and and Trump indictments. And I think all this stuff is really good to pay attention to, other than the fact that the you know, bricks has come together and then maybe maybe our economic thing is is kind of come to a uh a, a an new, end our supremacy something that's what a lot of libertarians seem to think that america's well look i don't want to go i don't want to go full black pill and be like hey give it another year and then come 2024 the world's going to fall apart and you're going to be really wishing you had chickens I don't okay so that that's far. what the black pill is got it there's so no, many the pills. black pill is just pessimism no optimism oh whatsoever. i see just full uh -huh. on it's just all dooms. It's doomsday from here on out. That's black bill. Hmm. I don't want to go that way. I, I think people are, uh, I think people are going to be fine. Regimes fall. Things happen. Everyone's right. going to be okay. Um, it sucks for a period of time, but that's where I'm. Yeah. How do you feel about, let me, let me ask you a question for once since you interviewed <laughs> me this entire time, Brian, you were great, by the way. Great guy. I tell you what, when I'm on your podcast, I'll interview <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> um, your whole i can't wait to have you on by the way and ask you so many questions I, that was right? just me that was me that was me you craning my way into be like you better have me on now yeah um, yeah that was, that no, was i look forward to that i have so many questions for you your your podcast is searching for political identity have you have you found one yet no um as i said libertarianism has introduced itself to me and it's under consideration you gotta stop talking to him that's the problem. I know, I know. What I really need to do is take the bar exam, which I'll be doing in July. And once I do that, I'm going to supplement all the conversations I'm having with people with the reading that I really needed to have done the last few years, the outside reading, yeah. and just immerse myself in all political philosophy and see if that does it. But no, for now, I'm still in this holding pattern where I'm still focused on <laughs> kind of core law materials and you know, I got to I got to take that test in a couple months and still wrestling with my upbringing and those values and the craziness that is the Trump experience. Yeah, I haven't settled on it yet, but I so no, I'm still very much That's searching. Good. That's good. I mean, uh, anybody who's like, well, this is exactly where I'm was like, we haven't yeah. looked hard enough. I think I think a question when it comes to like, where do I line politically if I think any kind of skepticism of even whatever tribe you're in is always healthy. It's always healthy, man. But then even people say, oh, yeah, you always want to be searching for political. I said, no, I really would like to identify some principles that I believe in and associate <laughs> with them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Dude, to, to be fair, like, and we can end it with this just to give you a, a little white pill is what I would mm. call optimism. Um, same with theology and Christianity. Any Anytime someone's like, well, when I grew up Christian, you know, I had questions about God. People were like, don't know, don't ask questions. Bullshit. Ask all the questions. Um, if if it's not truth, then 
then it, it'll if it's truth then it'll hold up to whatever skepticism you have mm-hmm. if, if if it's not truth then it's just an authoritative uh, ideology it's not real it just mm-hmm. wants you to keep from asking questions so yeah dude, i think searching even as a libertarian i'm always like weighing things out it just democrats are really gonna have to work hard on this one now um because i'm stuck in the libertarian things republicans aren't doing a great job either but at least they're somewhat sane and so i give them a little bit of yeah. credit but i'm still not right. fully sold but when it came to like religion too, man, like everybody and people were like, well, you shouldn't doubt, you know, God is God and Jesus is the Lord and never doubt. I'm like, no, John the Baptist was in prison and his whole thing was like uh, a guy, like guy came to him and he was like, um, I need you to go ask Jesus, John the Baptist, the guy who told everybody, this is the Christ. Uh, a guy came to him in prison while he was locked up. He said, dude, did I screw up? Is he, is he the Christ or sh- should we have looked for another? And he sends that guy back to Jesus. And Jesus goes back and tells him. It's, I won't go into that. But basically, John the Baptist, the guy who pronounced Jesus as the Lord and Savior, doubted. He, he was worried about After, whether or not he was afterwards. right. Afterwards. Afterwards, yeah. He was in prison. I mean, that's so a wait, long So Jesus before. got a message back to him while he was in jail? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so basically what happened was, I mean, do you want the, this is the end of the podcast. We're getting yeah. a difficult time with David. Um yeah. John the Baptist was arrested. He was he was actually going to be put to death, and a messenger came. He actually sent he called for a messenger, and and the guy came and said, "What's up?" And he he goes, "Look, I I baptize people, and I I he actually baptized Jesus and was like, Jesus is the Messiah. He was the prof. He was the proclaimer of Jesus being the Messiah. And um, and he goes, go ask because I need to know if Jesus was the Messiah. Go ask him if he is the one, or did I just I just screw up." And so the messenger go back, goes back to Jesus and uh, he tells Jesus this whole thing. And Jesus tells the messenger and goes, go back and tell John that. And he gives him a list. Uh, I've healed the sick. I've raised the dead. I've, you know, um, done all these things. And he reads off, uh, I think it's Isaiah 26. And all of these passages of what the Messiah is supposed to do is prophesied in Isaiah. And he reads them all off. But there's one passage that he leaves out um, at the very at the very end. There's this one passage where I set the the captive free and he reads it like i've raised the dead i've healed the sick i've you know turned you know all these miracles i've done all this stuff i've 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 fulfilled the entire uh prophecy of what the messiah should do except for this one set the captive free and he sends the messenger back to john and the messenger tells him what jesus has said and john is listening to this whole thing this is this is my preacher side coming up and he's waiting for set the captive free because John's in prison at the point. He's waiting. He's waiting for. I'm about this would to be, be a perfect time to finish the job, Jesus. Yeah, but, well, yeah, exactly. That was the whole point. And and he he leaves that part out, and and that's 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 a whole another biblical lesson of 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 John being. Do you believe who I say I am, or do you need? Do you, what are you looking for in me? So he goes, is Jesus the one? And, and do you Jesus, need the proof, or do you really believe it? And that was kind of the, that was the point, right? Is that what was that it? That no, yeah, that was it. That was it. it mm. It's it's a it's a story. I love it, man. I I man. I need to. I would love to take Bible lessons from you. I that's what I'm hoping on next Please God, don't do it for me. No, I mean. it's so interesting and it's so important. They're so they're so related. They're so related. Obviously, it's it's anyone who thinks often. critically. I think yeah sees the yeah, relationship. And you're a Jew, so I mean, obviously, yeah. you know that's just yeah. uh, no. I uh, I I. Uh, I think it's important. I think I think that religious thing. I just try not to push. Obviously, as a libertarian, even as a Christian, yeah. Christianity is the worst part of Christianity is when they think they're going to convert Christians by the sword. 
That's when they really screw up. But as long as Christians are being burdened by the stake, they do a great job. Um, right. <laughs> so That's good. So Amazing. anyway, man, uh, tell everybody where they can find the podcast, where they can find you on Twitter, all that stuff. Yeah. So at Twitter, it's at real Brian S. Cow. And the okay. podcast is, as you said, searching for political identity available anywhere. So I'm so grateful. It's been yeah. a pleasure. Dude, it was a good time. I'm sorry I talked so much. It was. Uh, no. It's hard no, with I... these podcast hosts. No, uh, no. I. It was absolutely perfect from my perspective. Really appreciate it. Okay, good, man. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm going to toss yeah. you off. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining the Pardon Will podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. If you want to follow me, you can go to Pardon Will Art on Twitter and on uh, Instagram. Or if you want to follow the Pardon Will podcast on Instagram, it's Pardon Will podcast, obviously. If you want to go check out my art, you can go to uh, pardonwill.etsy.com. Or if you want to buy merch with my face on a t-shirt, you can go to Pardon Will merch. I try to make it as easy as possible. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. This is actually one I've been looking forward to a lot because um, as somebody who interviews a lot of people, Brian interviews a ton of people. I've listened to his, his podcast. He's, he's a phenomenal interviewer. Um, go take, take a go listen to his podcast and, and hear what it's like to actually listen to a real podcast host um, that doesn't just rant and talk forever. He actually has poignant questions that, that get somewhere instead of just um, good conversations. One of the best parts about this this podcast, and I hope you picked up on it, is um I don't I, me and him have never talked before, um but he's such an easy person to get along with, and and as as a guy who's interviewed artists I've never talked to before or people on Twitter I've never talked to, and having to sit down and and talk with them, rarely do I get a chance to sit down with somebody that I'm like, well, let's see how this goes, and and there's that that click easy on, and we can have a good conversation, and we can just rant. And, and kind of get some really deep things. I don't get a chance to do that often. So I hope you caught on to that. I enjoyed this. I'm hopefully going to have him back on um, here soon. But either way, I enjoyed it. So I don't care if you did or not. Um, anyway, I'm just playing. Um, thanks for, uh, you know, listening. And please like and subscribe. That helps me out. Keeps me wanting to do these more. And um, other than that, I hope you have a wonderful week. And I'll see you back here next time. Bye. <laughs>